0: To Truthzilla, I am Megan sitting here with my friends Scott and Ed. Tonight we have Jason Firmus, the Info Warrior, writer and producer of such mm-hmm. classic films as Loose Change, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire and in Shade the Motion Picture, a legendary researcher and content producer who fearlessly shouts the truth and who is pioneering the new media landscape on Rockfin. Welcome mm-hmm. to the show, Jason. How are you?
1: Uh, very well, and thank you for the for the uh, very kind introduction. Of course. Oh, yeah. Thank
0: you for joining us. We're excited.
1: Yeah, super excited to have you.
0: Yeah,
2: so um kind of the focus, like, I was hoping to get into it. I'd never talked about this before. It's like, you know, from uh, being on the union with you and just, you know, watching all your videos, man, like, you're so solution-focused, man, and yep. I love that. Yep, definitely. You know, that's, that's kind of, like, where our minds have been going, too. It's yeah. like, okay, we started this journey to try and get the – get truth out there to try to like wake people up. Right. And it's kind of gotten to the point now where it's more like empowering people. It feels like, yeah. okay, we're, yeah. we're here to like empower. Right. And and through this process for us, it's, it's been a hugely empowering thing as well. So, uh, there's so much coming up here in the next couple weeks, man. Like, Ooh. like, like, uh, where do you see it going and how can we best take action? Would you say? Oh
1: man. In the next couple weeks, geez, where do I see? I have no idea where this is going guys. Like, you know, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to DC. Um, I think number one, you know, just kind of giving people hope because I think we are in some very, you know, dark Orwellian times, especially in regards to information, digital authoritarianism, medical martial law, all these things are like a reality that are right in our face. And if you're, Somehow subverting that reality and everything's going to be okay. And everything's normal. Everything's going to just go back to the new normal (laughs) after they tell us it is that's all dumb and bull. And you're being extremely naive. However, like you said, there are these pockets of hope. And one of the stories that I covered today was um, this Odessa mayor uh, out in Texas. Now this guy's a a guy of color. He's Hispanic. They don't like him. Don't like those Republican Hispanic mayors. (laughs) Now, why I'm bringing him up is not because he's a person of color, but because of his policies and how he has now already reached out to a guy named Dr. Richard Bartlett. He's given an open ceremony or a seminar, and he's going to put him uh, as the head of the health department in his County. Nice. Now, why is that significant? Cause Richard Bartlett's the one that's been treating COVID successfully mm. with inhaled steroids, AKA yep. budesonide yep. since at least the summer. Yep. And it's already been in the local media. And that guy's been demonized for it. And those videos have been restricted. And I did an hour long interview with this guy. Hmm. First of all, he's an esteemed medical professional. He has crazy amounts of awards. He's never asked one person who came through his door, whether they are a Republican or a Democrat, <laughs> as that has no bearing. Yeah. A no bearing whatsoever totally. on how he would treat them medically. Before he was doing this, before COVID-1984 hit, he was in the local media as a hero. (laughs) You know, they were coming to him in 2018 and asking about allergies and asthma and highlighting him. And now this mayor is already being attacked um, in the local media because this is working. You know, he had somebody come off a ventilator over November, He he gave me that story. But now again, this newly elected mayor, they're going to attack him. But the pocket of hope is uh, Mayor Javier Hoven got in and he is putting Richard Bartlett and there will be more uh, lives saved in that county. And that's a reality. And hopefully more people will pick up on it, no matter how much they try to suppress this information, uh, no matter how many times they try to sell sell you on the vaccine is the only way out. We now have the first medical professional a week later after taking the vaccine, um, coming up positive for the vaccine. Again, you guys have been on these. these union of the unwanted, what do I keep saying? It's not even tested to see if it stops yeah. infection. <laughs> it's not totally, even tested totally. to say it stops the virus, which is Looney Tunes to me. It's Looney Tunes that this is where we're at. When you do have another doctor, Dr. Corey, at Senate hearings, previously talking about uh steroid treatments, right? Yeah. And now talking about ivermectin and how he believes it has. Not a 50 percent, not a 75, not an 80, not a 90 percent efficacy rate, but a 100 percent efficacy rate on stopping infection. Word for word, the man says, if you take ivermectin, you will not get sick. Yep. Yep. That's pretty good stuff for me. (laughs) That's not front page news anywhere. However, that man is currently treating people. Other doctors are treating people with him. The lie can only last so long, and and really it's as long as we let it. It, It's before we really take these stories and we we stop letting them marginalize them, and we have to utilize technology to amplify them. But you guys know in this digital era of tyranny, it's harder and harder because they're quicker and quicker to put a fact check or an outright ban on any type of information that goes against the narrative. 100. Well, percent
3: it's, 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 it's the media that's really our enemy in this. Like, let's be clear because I mean we had Dr. Scott Atlas uh, coming into the White House and, and he was saying all the right things. like every time he spoke, I was like, this guy's speaking my language, but th- now he's, he's leaving, right? Like, and the, the media every time he said anything they suppressed it. I, I mean we've seen this there's been so many medical professionals that have spoken out against this thing. I mean the frontline doctors, I mean the frontline doctors came out that, 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 like a million people saw it and they pulled it down the first day. So, um, I mean, Dr. Zelenko, uh, he's been treating people with uh, hydroxychloroquine for how many months now? He has almost 100% success rate as well. And, uh, you know, it's
1: the and, media. And let's speak about the hydroxy really quickly because I think it's really important, especially to your point on the media. Sure. Now, the only time that you had a media story out there. Uh, about treatment for this outside of this narrative that it's going to take a vaccine and lockdowns was when they were demonizing the president for daring to say that hydroxychloroquine might work as a prophylactic or a treatment they've really not put any other studies on the front page of the news and what did they do they put that lancet study out what didn't they do they never put the retraction (laughs) that we're looking at right here that never happens That never happened. So this was front page news when it spoke their language and they could associate it with the president saying, go drink bleach or inject yourself with disinfectants. Mm -hmm. Ha, 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 ha. But clearly, if you can read at a fourth grade level, (laughs) in the second paragraph, it says, our independent peer reviewers informed us that Surgisphere would not transfer the full data set client contracts and the full iso audit report yeah. to their servers for analysis they wouldn't give up the data set at all so in other words just them publishing it at without it actually being peer-reviewed should have been a big scandal sure the retraction yeah. should have been a bigger scandal yeah. this didn't make the back page or the retraction pages on most news uh papers or shows right <laughs> And it's right here. And I had to see so many of these people that think they're smarter than me on social media. All these people go, oh, inject yourself with bleach. I just want those people to know if they're coming around now and watching this information and getting it. You helped kill thousands yeah, of people.
2: Totally. Hell yeah! I just
1: totally. want you to know that you helped that along. Now, unknowingly, All of us are part of big propaganda campaigns that unfortunately oppress, control, and sometimes do kill people, 100%. And I'm guilty of it just as anybody else. But when that information was right in front of you and you refused to look at anything HCQ, Zinc, they didn't use Zinc on purpose there. That's murder. They knew that was a prerequisite. You helped amplify that murder. Now it's time to come to grips with that And if you are religious or you do have some kind of morality, make the mea culpa and share that simple link and say, hey, man, I was wrong. (laughs) It's, It's that simple. It's like, hey, I was wrong. This is pretty messed up. It looks like it does work. It is cheap. And I was wrong. And it's not about me being a Democrat or a liberal. It's about me caring for other human beings and us finding a way to cope with this. Because, you know, another story that I featured over the last week plus is this COVID summit Another positive summit out in Stockholm. Now it was like 11 hours long. Okay, a lot of it was in um, French or French Canadian. they were getting people from around the globe. but A lot of it was in, in English too. And I played one of the subsections where you had this Harvard professor just laying it out going, hey, just so everybody understands COVID's here. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. Viruses don't just go away. There is no zero virus, you know, and he was he was just nailing. It. He goes, contact tracing, utterly useless yes. in any kind of an epidemic or pandemic. And now we have the numbers from that first Israeli admission. Now, now, again, buried. No one's really talking about this story, but it came out in court because contact tracing has nothing to do with COVID-1984. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. It has everything to do with a track trace database society that will be selectively enforced on a populace when they feel fit. Mm -hmm. That is why this new uh, New York State document that I went over today is literally talking about detention centers in New York State for any communicable disease. Again, they see fit. Sounds outrageous. They wouldn't put that on paper, would they? Well, actually, they would. And they did. And anybody can look it up. It's right here. So this is uh, assembly bill A416. And uh for people to to look at this, well, let me let me find the let's just bring it up again. A416. Sorry, guys. See, now I'm not this prepared. Is, girl, hey. you're, yeah, we love it, man. Is it. I mean, but essentially um, what the, you know, what what we're saying <laughs> when
3: they can do this. I mean, we know with the PCR test, they can scale this thing up and down as as they want to say who is sick and who's not so they can they can select who they want to put in those
2: camps absolutely
1: well absolutely and again this is it it's been pre-filed okay so that's why it says january 6th anybody can go here this is on the legislation page and it is literally in the beginning of this the removal and detention of cases contacts and carriers so that's really big right there So now you don't have to be a proven case of anything. You just have to be around a proven case or subjected to be a carrier, okay? Who are, or may be a danger to public health. Other orders, the provisions of this selection uh, shall be utilized in the event of the governor declares a state of a health emergency due to an epidemic, not a pandemic, of any communicable disease. Now in this same four page subsection, they talk about forced inoculations. Once you get there, they talk about radiation poisoning as well. In case there's some kind of a dirty bomb or some kind of an attack, all of a sudden you're in the radius and they declare an emergency. You get quarantined like a mother trucker and not know it. And they're putting this on paper now today, yes. just like they were preparing you over the summer for mandatory vaccinations and moving the goalpost. And right now folks, again, Christmas Day, oh, we're pondering it. You're not pondering anything. You're preparing everybody for it. Yeah, totally. All right, that's why 100%. the New York State Bar Association put it on paper in June. That's why you said the Constitution failed us. That's why you said it. it's for the entire country. And that's why you said, oh, don't worry, it's 70% on the vaccines and herd immunity. Not 80, anymore. Now it's 90. Not anymore. 90. The Fauches moved vouchers the gold 90%. <laughs> yeah. So now you're telling me, You expect out of 20 million people in New York state, probably about 19 million, because they actually might lose a uh, house seat because so many people have left. Mm -hmm. That's how many people have left New York. Uh, They could uh, lose a a seat in Congress. You know, I being one of those people. Absolutely. That means literally you need in the state of New York alone, 18 million people to take that vaccination. I promise you. there are as many zombies are there there are in that state there ain't 18 million of them Mm -hmm. there are not 18 million so that brings up quite a conundrum where are we going from here yeah and unfortunately guys um you know i i hate to get away from that positivity where we were (laughs) at the beginning but we are going to a place where if biden gets in and again he called he calls harris president-elect harris again I i mean don't don't get me wrong joe's not all there but he totally. he knows the score that he's a placeholder there's yeah, no totally. he has no illusions that he's wearing like a king's crown and he's gonna <laughs> go around in a bathrobe and his subjects he, he knows yeah. what he's there yeah, for totally. like this is his last hurrah you know this is the you're gonna take care of my son and not put him in prison hurrah like they'll do whatever he, they want yeah. mm-hmm. um kamala harris these people get in they're talking about cuomo being the attorney general of the united states i heard that who? That's oh, twice. Twice, twice oh, they put it into the ether. Oh, yeah. You on, think that, that Biddle Barr was a scary AG with Epstein killing himself and then his last inmate or uh, cellmate just dying this week, by the way. Of if you what? haven't seen that story. He oh, he's just
4: of? dead. Yeah.
2: What's that? And what did he die of? They said he died of COVID.
4: Yeah, now, exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh. now,
1: <laughs> it's yeah. so wacky oh, yeah, um man. you know i i hear people saying that he had a, a broken neck i don't know about that so again i don't report sure. on what i don't know but we covered that yesterday in a video that um where really i was comparing a lot of these older events 70s 80s serial killers to these elite pedophile rings yeah. in epstein that's the other thing you got literal sociopath pedophiles yeah. at the yeah. top of this thing and that's yeah. not a q larp that's mm-hmm. not johnny nonsense that's not bullshit i don't know if i to yeah. say on this it, but-, you can. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's not bullshit no right. and you know i would almost say that the franklin scandal is really just a starter pack mm-hmm. there's yeah. a uh audio podcast series out there right now just released the fourth fourth part yesterday it's by investigation discovery now, the Discovery Channel overall, not my favorite. You know, all these channels have turned into flipping houses or cooking shows or, you know, all the all the nonsense out yeah. there. But Investigation Discovery, aside from like the, you know, the cheesy true crime neighbor stuff that, you know, people get into, did a, an excellent piece wow, on man. Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, over-the-top excellent compared to everything else in the mainstream media, brought up the fact that he could have been Mossad, CIA, intelligence connections, possible arms dealing, talked about um, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, stuff you didn't see anywhere else, three-part sure. uh, series. I, I reviewed that. Right now they have a series out there called um, The Clown and the Candyman. Hmm. Okay, and it, it's it, it's sandwiching the stories of Dean Carroll, And John Wayne Gacy Hmm. and anybody that thinks that John Wayne Gacy was acting alone and not part of a high level pedophile snuff ring, doesn't know what that case is. Okay, Okay. he he talked about this. Um, The evidence was there. People helped him do this. This was not like a small thing. It involved the mass production of child pornography. And when they start getting into this, even today, I, I listened to the fourth part. We're talking about Central Intelligence Agency guys Mm -hmm. who had access to Boy Scouts. We're talking about private islands that were taking these kids and using those like Second Mile Foundation type things to get them in there. We're talking local police forces being involved. So you got you got islands. You got the Boy Scouts. You got every marker in this thing. You got the CIA. You got serial killers. And it's all pointing to these rich, faceless millionaires and beyond that do no jail time. Some disappeared. So one of them, well, this guy, one of them like today, and this one, literally, and you look this up and you're just like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. They caught this guy, you know, making child porn with a four and a five-year-old in his house at the time amongst a slew of other charges. This is, uh, I think, early 80s, I'm pretty sure. Uh, This wasn't part of the seventies thing. So he gets in there and remember that the laws were very different. You could buy kids and it would be a misdemeanor. You know, one of the things they bought four kids from some drunk woman, like sold all of her kids for 10 grand. This guy goes into court and they give him a $500,000 bond. He takes the money in cash off of his money belt, (laughs) he hands it over he is a part owner of the new england patriots at that point point. Wow. and then he is never seen again <laughs> he just bounces that's a wrap that's the type of stuff that was going on yeah and just totally and completely ignored and i would tell people this if you think that that stuff ended in the 70s and 80s because that was a different era No millionaires went to jail. No billionaires went to jail. Do you think that criminals just stop unless they're prosecuted and punished? Mm -hmm. Of course not. Of course not. So, you know, that's why I stick to what I can prove. And, And, you know, I've moved that into these modern day monsters, whether they be guys like Ed Murray, the, uh, the uh, Seattle mayor, or Dennis Hassert, the former Speaker of the House, or Anthony Weiner. You keep it in the realm of reality and what you can prove. It seems so unreal. You don't need the unnecessary <laughs> yeah, really, garbage yeah. Yeah. that just poisons everything. You don't need the frazzle rip. You don't need Hillary Clinton wearing skin faces with Huma, Huma Abedin. Yeah, Trust me, yeah. these these torture things, they were real. Yeah. They were as real as it
2: gets, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things, like I, I did a wrote a piece earlier, uh, not too long ago, about the Finders cult, for example. And one of the more interesting part, parts about that is like, and, and and maybe I haven't checked recently, but at the time I wrote it, you know, you go and you look for a Wikipedia page on it. There's not even a Wikipedia page for it. It's interesting. Can you name another thing in the entire universe that doesn't have a Wikipedia page? Wikipedia's hmm. Finders pretty cult doesn't have it, so, you know? yeah. It's insane, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and just to see how you know, how entrenched like intelligence agencies, the, the government is. It's like, that's, this is the, literally the currency that we operate under. It's like two different stratospheres of human life. Like there's us and then there's like them. And it seems like, you know, it seems like you don't get elevated into that position unless you are willing to play that game. It seems like, you know, I don't know. No, no, <laughs> it's no, no. it's I, almost, I'll it.
1: say this number one, especially when you're getting into those upper echelons of power where you are interacting uh, with and on behalf of the predator class, they like to have something on you for sure. They want to see if they can get you addicted to a certain drug or, you know, maybe get you to cheat on your wife or, you know, if that stuff doesn't even matter and, you know, you're already doing that kind of stuff anyway, let's see how far we can take it to something that will embarrass you. And then you just have the power trippers, man, yeah. the people that are just kind of born into pri- privilege, not so much like the social climbers like the Bushes. You know, you look at the Bush family. Yeah, they were well off, but it wasn't until, um, you know, Georgia, H.W. Bush's father, Prescott, married into Skull and Bones. That's okay. where he gets into April Harriman Bank. And that's where the real filth starts. Like, yeah, you know, they may get you at that, you know, um, Yale Skull and Bones level. And they're like, they just see potential in you. Like, oh, you're a smart guy or you have a good family or whatever. You're the right kind of sociopath for it. Mm-hmm. You might help mm-hmm. out later. But some of these people that are born into it, like the royal family, like do you think that Prince Andrew – I don't know that Prince Andrew does even remember Virginia Gafray Roberts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's probably like one of 10,000 little girls that guy's had. Sure. He, he's a royal. Like he's had everything and anything given to him. And then you get into like Prince Charles himself, right? There are reports out there. He was considering having Jimmy Savile be his his godfather for for William. Like <laughs> that, that blows your mind, right? But then you think, oh, man. Oh, man, that guy had you know all access. Meaning MI5 and MI6 knew exactly what he was up to. To the Buckingham Palace, to the BBC. Now you're now you're integrating royalty with media, mm-hmm. right? And he was doing some of the most horrific horrific things, not only to children, but women in hospices and allegedly corpses. Mm You couldn't get more taboo and sick and and beyond fucking weird than that. Yeah. And he's got all access. Totally. You know, Lord Mountbatten. So I think that, yeah, they compromise a lot of these guys. I think that a lot of these guys are born into such privilege that maybe they do need something more and more to get off to every once in a while or for that thrill. Yeah. But, unfortunately, I think a lot of it is generational Mm -hmm. because they are just totally – born into it. And, and I'm, you know, not everybody is into kids. You know, I don't, I, I, I can't believe that. I just, I <laughs> refuse to believe that everybody that has a nice position or whatever is into kids, but you'll find them in, uh, in the craziest of places. And, and you listen to this podcast, the clown and the Candyman. man, they talk about how it, it was basically a service for these people. It was like a holiday and a vacation. And they specifically in this last one, talk about how pedophiles in particular, are different from every other type of criminal. And 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 why is that? And it's because when you sit down with somebody and they robbed the house, usually when you get them to confess, they sit down and they go, Yeah, yeah, I robbed that house. It was wrong. You know, I I, I shouldn't have done it. When you're raping kids, nope. <laughs> not not even not even a little bit. All these guys truly believe it is okay to be with these children and justify Mm -hmm. it on every single level. And that's what blows the mind of these, other than the fact that they have a multitude of evidence against all these other people (laughs) and they're constantly protected. But that these people do not think they're doing something wrong. They don't.
0: That's dead accurate. Dead accurate. Anything I've. Yep. And I have so many books on this. I took college courses on it and then I studied it independently for years, but they literally, their brain and their psyche is formed in such a way that they, there is no conscience one. And so, and they don't have, and so there is no empathy and without empathy, that's the stamp of humanity. So these are literally, these are, these are empty humans. They're empty humans. And so that can be filled with dark energy right and this dark energy behave, behaves the same throughout all yeah. the same kind of a psychosis and and there is no feel like you know I have gosh I wish I could remember the book that it was um, but essentially it was a dad and it was a psychologist who was you know anonymously contributing to this book this was one of the books from college but and he was talking about um, how he was abusing his sexually abusing his five-year-old daughter and he was justifying it to the psychologist about how his daughter enjoyed it and he wasn't hurting her. And, and they truly do believe that they're either helping these kids, that they're in love with these kids, that these kids are, are being elevated by Like They do not feel conflicted about what they are doing at all. And if you talk about the the torture of children when we're when we're you know, raping, you know, babies, literal infants, you know, tiny, tiny children, you know, uh, anal violations, all those kind of things that causes such a severe damage, you know, shattered pelvises and internal, you know, organ failure. It's it's horrific. And and they lit- you don't do that. You don't do that, and then maybe later you're like, oh, I kind of feel guilty. You don't watch somebody suffering literally almost and up to death, literally in torture, and then feel conflicted. They are not conflicted at all, at all. And it's not just the guy in the trench coat. And that's been like the hugest, probably number one argument I've had throughout my adult life has been trying to get like, other families or girlfriends you know people with kids you know when they're just let their kids younger and younger and younger you know just they're just gonna walk to the store they're just gonna walk here they're just gonna drop them off here and I'm like you don't understand like let me help you understand what's out there because it's not the neighborhood watch guy in the trench coat this is literally like the the it's like how mushrooms like all connect underground there's like this whole global connection of this type of entity and this is what they do it's like at the root of all corruption it really is yeah
1: Well, again, if none of these people were arrested or convicted in the 70s and 80s or in the 90s or in the 2000s or in the 2010s (laughs) or now in the 2020s, what do you think is happening? Like you just said, when you're able to do that to another human being and you have power over a multitude of other human beings, can you imagine what the sociopathic behavior is And again, speaking to that point of you don't know what they look like, that is another great point that the police in this fourth podcast say, he goes, listen, no, no, no. He goes, you don't know what these people look like. He goes, it's, it runs the gamut. You have no idea. I mean, these are chameleons, you know, that some of these people have families like, you know, that you would never suspect them at all, not even a little bit of these things. And he goes, it was mind blowing to me. And, you know, talking about like the literal babies was again something that these guys discussed, and he talked about we're talking about the one percenters, and he they had a type, term for it, it was di- diaper something, diaper dumpers, or something. I'd have to re listen. these are hard podcasts to listen yeah, to, right. I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now, like yeah. they're not easy, they warn you several times. Uh, but what I really do like about it is, yeah, they're talking about not only the Epstein similarities but they're talking about the intelligence connections and they're talking about a lot of these faceless millionaires and beyond. And then they're naming some of those millionaires and beyond um, as well as the institutions that they set forth and the scams that they were running. I mean, I mean at, at one point, you know, they even akin it to terrorist sleeper cells of these things. And, and you know, you talked you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to ruin too much of it because it, it is so fascinating but you talk about solutions and yeah. you know trying to fight this thing and I, and I truly believe that there's two things that exist in this universe cuz I'm not a religious guy I don't like to tell people what to believe but good and evil to me exist yeah. and however those things are are balanced off I don't know whether it's fate or destiny or whatever but the way in particular Um, this boy scout story and anybody, I think it's troop one, three, seven. So anybody wants to look this up, you know, they'll say like 20 plus cases when you start getting into it, we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of cases. All right. But the way this thing broke is back in the day, you didn't really have a choice, but to take film. Okay. And then have to send it off to a processing plant. So it was all, and and these people didn't skim through it. It wasn't like you'd send it to like a, you know, like a CVS and they do it right there and they go through the pictures and they give it through, you know, they would process it and it would get there. So it was basically on a conveyor belt all the time. A conveyor belt stopped. (laughs) A conveyor belt literally stopped and froze. And one of the people that was picking the film off while they were fixing the conveyor belt found that, Hmm. found the CP that they were filming. Gets crazier than that. So then during this investigation, and and, and it, this is what gives me hope, man, that, you know, there's something out there. There is a force that wants this stuff to at least be known, at least part of the historical record. Give us the tools to fight it. One of these absolute sicko criminals decides, oh, my God, they're coming for me. And he takes a ton of not only pictures, but films and paperwork, because all these guys are hoarders. They all want trophies of everything, like some of the sickest, weirdest stuff. But then they also want you know, letters to one another about how they did it and their code words. And it's very hard for them to get away from it. So this guy pulls up to a bridge, takes a bag of this stuff and tosses it off a bridge into the river. Probably never to be seen again. 99,999 times out of a million, right? It ends up landing on a lily pad that somehow supports it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And the next morning, one of the policemen's policeman friends from another district is out fishing with his son. And they're bored. And the son loops this bag in that's on a lily pad. And the father opens it up and sees all this stuff and says, hey, man, I think this is part of your investigation. (laughs) And he, from that, they got dozens of other leads. Wow. And I mean, when you hear something like that, you're like blown away. But then uh, on the flip to that, when they're talking about, um, because again, you're in the 70s and 80s and and the feds don't want to touch this. So when they're contacting different uh, law enforcement locally, some of them are just, they never hear from them again. They, that, they, that's what they said. were so frustrating that they would go with this information and just hear nothing. You know, you know, um, you know, one guy, when he did see it, he literally looked at everything. He goes, Oh no, well, we'll be right back with the Fed. Like this was an FBI representative. Never heard from him again. Th- this podcast series only halfway done right now. So mm-hmm. far is incredible. Nice. And yeah. I'm going to have to have um, the woman who did this because she's blown away. Yeah. You know, yeah. she yeah. had no idea what she was going to find. She was doing something on Gacy
3: Mm. And
1: this whole ring, uh, you know, yeah. is just unraveling before her eyes. And she's just like blown away. She's almost making excuses that it was the time period and that it couldn't happen today. Oh, but again, was cool. Epstein was rolling it all the way through what? 2007, 2008 before he got caught. And then yeah. a lot of private investigators said he never stopped after the fact. Yeah. So.
0: Well, yeah. that's what they do, though. They're they're predators through and through. They're predators first. First and foremost in everything that they do is to allow that predatory nature to survive. They don't stop. They don't just stop. And you certainly don't rehabilitate them. And that whole thing is beyond laughable. Um, but but they just are. They are what they are. And and it doesn't change. And so to the, that whole, you know, well, it's, it's a different time. It's a, you know, it's a different neighborhood. It's not that county, you know or we're not in, you know, we're not in church groups. Our kids aren't in sports like that whole anywhere that children can be accessed is where predators are. And that's why you find them in churches dealing with kids and, and, you know, kids sports and, and teachers in public schools or anywhere else, anywhere that, you know, petting zoos, it doesn't matter. That's, What they're while we're all thinking about what to do about our futures and our wives and husbands at home and our kids and the the weekend (laughs) trips, they're thinking about how to get their next fix. And that is their fix. That is all that they think about. And everything else is a facade. And it's not. There are plenty of deranged uh, people who abuse and harm, but they're usually easily uncovered and found because they're, they're not organized. Most of these guys, they're like organized offenders. They are very, very good. They're master manipulators. This is, this is literally all that they are and everything else. These nice families, they even often have, you know, their own biological children who they perhaps aren't abusing because that's they, it's they, they leave their hands off of them on purpose so they can keep that facade and that mask up. Meanwhile, they're torturing, murdering, and raping and passing around the most innocent among us. So it's yeah. it's very, very deep. And they're very, very aware of what they're doing and they plan it very well.
1: You know, I just want to speak to what you just said about how they adapt. So that was the sleeper cell idea that they were talking about. He's like, that's how organized these people were. That if, you know, one of these sources went away, in other words, we would bust somebody and all of a sudden they didn't have this uh, outlet to get their child porn, they would find another way. So would they, they would create another um, fake charity, right? They would start giving scholarships to a different school, you know, and again, Epstein ran the same playbook. He was giving um, scholarships and money and donations to all these different schools. He was giving money to Ellen John's charity. He was giving uh, money to a uh, girl's art charity where he had his own office and cabin, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff is real. And again, that playbook is out there and they are very manipulative and they are very adaptive. And when you use the term predator, that is the correct term. And (laughs) again, when you're not even talking about children, when you're talking about these very, very wealthy uh, businessmen that are at the tops of the banking industry, corporate uh, entities and politics, that's why I call them the predator class, because you couldn't come up with a better term because they don't even look at you as human. Right. They exactly. somehow in their own twisted world, look at themselves as human. And the rest of us are just kind of playthings.
2: Right.
0: Yep, You're absolutely. dead on. Yep. For well, sure.
2: Well, so speaking, speaking on what Megan was talking about a second ago about the rehabilitation stuff, I have a philosophical question for you and this kind of came up. So again, I was writing another piece on the Franklin scandal back to like conspiracy of silence, right? You know, classic documentary. Um, Paul bonacci and i'm like god i wonder what he's up to these days and looked it up and sure enough he's like on facebook and like talks about this stuff like pretty openly and i was like my first thing is like a content producer i'm like god it'd be kind of interesting to have him on the show and get his perspective what (laughs) what do you think about that (laughs) oh my god scott bonacci's interesting man so
1: so here's the thing like you know i've read both books i've had nick ryan on my show so both books are um the franklin scandal and the franklin cover-up now the franklin cover-up um, I believe that one's the DeCamp book. That's the original. I've never had decamp on. Now I did interview Ted Gunderson back in the day before he died. I yeah. spent a day with him actually in 2006, it was a really interesting day. And um, you know, Ted struck me as somebody that maybe I could trust and maybe I couldn't. A lot of people don't know this, but Ted Gunderson uh, was the head of Cointel pro he admits it in my interview mm-hmm. um, in LA. So he was running disinfo ops against the civil rights movement in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Now, bonacci if you've ever watched and i encourage people to get as much source material as possible because it's important right you ever watch his testimony um when he's calling himself like our or something our army or something like that it's Mm. like three hours long you know whether or not he's going into trances whether or not he's messing you know with the with the people who are giving these interviews whether or not he's part of some kind of mind control at the end of the day him alicia owens Bonner. They all had corroborating stories. They all had enough evidence that this was really going on. They did lead to child pornography and evidence of uh, what was his name? Rusty. Um, can't remember exactly what his name, but he was taking the pictures and, and doing everything. Um, you did have a judgment against uh, Larry King, not obviously the TV guy, yeah. but Lawrence King's out of jail. You know, I had somebody contact me over a decade ago about where he lived and where he worked, and I honestly didn't want to touch it yeah I I was I I was I was a little bit worried about it yeah Bonacci also Gunderson Bonacci and DeCamp at one time were living rather close to each other and I think DeCamp also may still live close to Bonacci um you know for the people that don't know what you know the story behind this you know he was a call boy basically you know and he was used to recruit other boys and this was going on he talked about White House tours, you name it. He talked about drug trafficking, where they were using, again, these private jets to, um, you know, eliminate security and run drugs for these people. He talked about a lot of things, snuff, Mm -hmm. you name it. Mm -hmm. I know something happened to Paul Bonacci. (laughs) Okay. How much of it, again, it almost, and I, I hate to conflate the two because there's so much factual evidence regarding the Franklin scandal. It's that same time period. When um, Barney Frank, a congressman, mm-hmm. gets caught running uh, that underage brothel, and a lot of people go, Oh, that was just a male brothel. No, the laws in DC, y- you could be 15 and willing. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, Gottlieb was like, you know, a teenager when he was working for him. He talked mm-hmm. about teenage boys, and you talk about how you don't know what these people look like. Well, it also involved uh, the vice principal over at Chevy Chase, either elementary or middle school. Anybody can look that up. Same time period, all this stuff's happening. I, you know, I, I almost liken it to the Montauk project, right? Mm -hmm. There's all these, you know, conspiracy theories about the Montauk boys and what was going on in Long Island and that underground base and the huge um, uh, antenna and all that stuff. And I would say, what we know about that is very little because it's contrived with about 90 plus percent disinformation. And I believe a lot of that disinformation is due to the fact that they fractured a lot of those kids' minds. Yeah. yeah. And when, when you start looking through what they did in actual MK Ultra, yep. they had no problems setting up underage brothels yep. on both coasts. And anybody can look yep. this up in Greenwich Villa Village. Uh, and hate ashbury and beyond talk about it and that's how they would compromise people then they would use prostitutes which they were not iding at the time which were many were runaways many were 14 15 16 17 and they were having them you know drug these guys with lsd and beyond everybody loves the lsd because again everything's like a cartoon simplified narrative right yeah. if we don't take yeah. it out of the realm of that and we don't get into all this other stuff we did whatever so part of that was actually involving RCIA and underage trafficking of young girls to compromise people. They had two-way mirrors, they were filming everything. Yep. yep. This is a part of it. Now any I mean they make movies about it with um, what's what's Jennifer uh, who's who's the mockingjay chick? I forget what oh, her I, name? Lawrence who yeah right Je- isn't that her yeah yeah what, what movie Warner. did you say yeah it was, it was uh, i was talking Lawrence. about the but yep. she did that one where she's the russian spy right mm. where they yep. take her as you know a young girl and she's in this program and at one point they got her in a room and she's just got to bang a dude in front of everybody <laughs> like right there you know and, and she's literally <sighs> trained to be you know one of these um honeypots but also an assassin you know, so I have no doubt this stuff was going on. You yeah. read the yeah. bare minimum of what was going on in MK Ultra. They they were trying to make uh, assassins that wouldn't know what they were doing. They were using sexual coercion. So I think a lot of that probably happened to Bonacci. You know, I, I think D.C. was another place where this was running, whether, you know, he was ever at Montauk or whatever. I think that mostly happened to Montauk. And like some of these people were just so battered that they thought they were on Mars or they yeah, were made yeah. to believe this yeah, or, yeah, right. you know, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they, they were literally, they're, Benacci clearly looks to have fractured personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of yeah. people argue that that's, that's not a possibility, but you even look back at what the Nazis were doing with severe trauma, Yep. And creating these things, again, through massive, massive physical and sexual abuse yep. to to create that kind of trauma and splits and personalities. It does. You know, it's it's a fact. It happens. It so yep. I, I, Benacci would be interesting, man. I, I always take a grain of salt, even with people that I think are telling the truth um, with a lot of their abuse, because you just don't know, you weren't there, right? And especially when you're involved in these types of abuse and programs and hardships, you know, I have have trouble recalling stuff now, you know, I hate it, I'm getting old, I'm like 41, (laughs) but like 20 plus years ago, you know, I'm like, oh man, that did happen or I'll totally forget something and someone tells me, I'm like, oh my goodness. So, especially with that type of abuse that you would wanna forget, right? That you wouldn't want seared into your memory, that you would do everything to try to get away from, you know, you got to be super careful, but at its base, I mean, I think that those are two of the most important books anybody can read. I think totally. that the finders is another really, you know, Derek Rose has done tremendous yeah. work. The raw files that came out yeah. from the FBI a little over a year ago. I've done videos on those, but again, you look at the finders, you look at the intelligence connections, mm-hmm. yeah. look at this latest podcast, the clown of the candy man. And this guy named Robert Lang, I was just diving into him. I mean, it's I mean, they're sitting there talking about this guy named Robert Lang and they go, well, he got some jail time, but he got off pretty easy. And uh, he was They're like he had um, he had the credentials. And the one guy was ex-military where he was a general in the Air Force, in the Navy, in the Marines and in the Army. He goes, that is impossible. And he had the documentation for all of it. And And there's even a point where the narrator kind of goes, it doesn't even really matter whether he was CIA or not. And kind of almost is like whatever the fact that he didn't really do any jail time
2: should scare you yeah right yeah absolutely for sure it's crazy yeah man so uh, i was just gonna shift gears a minute so you spoke uh mentioned Derek bros um have you heard about the greater reset
1: yes yes Yes. Derek bros is is, um amazing yeah at um trying to not only talk the talk but walk the talk his own life you know he walks that walk man uh, I'm no anarchist. You know, I, yeah. I believe we have to have a government. We have our disagreements. But as an activist, I think uh, Derek Bros is excellent. Yeah. And, you know, to inform people not only of what the Great Reset is and how this is really just a rehashed agenda for control, for globalism, but yeah. then to give you ideas and tools on how to fight it and organize with one another, I think is extremely important. And, you know, I need to get Derek on again to talk about it. I had him on, I think two weeks ago we were talking about the greater reset. Yeah. But Derek, again, man, he's been around for a long time. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, we need more more people like him that are that are willing to hit the road, that are willing to put these things out there that aren't scared of being deplatformed. You know, he, he got kicked off of YouTube. Yep, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I hope that I'm not going to get kicked off of YouTube, but yeah. every day it's yeah. it's it's a roll of the dice. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. That's kind of been the road we've been taking. You know, we've been kind of motivated into action, started our own little freedom cell. Here in the Eugene area, where we got our first meetup here in a couple of weeks, and we've already got a big little group of people, and so we're pretty excited about that. But yeah, anybody that hasn't heard the Greater Reset, you guys that are listening, it's uh, greaterreset.org. The greaterreset.org. Um, they're putting together like a whole, or, or uh, excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, putting together a whole list of people. You know, to speak. I think it's January 25th to the 29th. We've got Dr. Shiva, James Corbett, um, you know, John nice. Bush. Uh Salvia be agorist. anyway it's badass you guys like I'm, I'm definitely gonna and then they're, they're uh, encouraging people to organize little watch parties it's gonna be uh put out live stream um sure. i guess what he was saying like and i didn't catch this maybe you know about it like he was saying like the same time that they're rolling out the great reset like the actual great reset is like the world economic forum having like a get together at the same time it sounded like <laughs> they were trying to like coordinate coordinate, coordinate or something like what,
1: that. what were the dates again or isn't it in the
2: beginning I, of january i think it said january 25th through the 29th
1: 25th to 29th. Yes, I think that is when uh, Davos is Davos, supposedly having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having their like, I'm not sure whether they're having anything in person, but mm-hmm. I know that they're going to have some kind of virtual meeting. Uh. And we've seen <clears throat> a lot of these things go virtual. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I just had a really interesting conversation with uh, Tony Gosling. Mm. Tony Gosling, he does a, a radio show out in the UK, out in Britain. Uh, a former BBC guy worked for them for years. And, you know, he did a great uh, piece of research on how many Bilderberg attendees and steering members are involved in this whole co- COVID-19 thing. Mm-hmm. He literally listed off well over a dozen of people. You know, we focused, obviously, on guys like Teal and Schwab and others. But uh, I mean, he was boom, 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 boom. He's like so many of these people that have been there really in like the last five years too. We're talking about 2015 on have put, been put into key positions in this. So we talked for over an hour. I think that's uh, you know, well worth it. I'd love to see him on the the, uh, greater reset stream. I may be on the greater reset stream. Um, Who knows if I'm going to be on the road or not. You know, I'm about to go back to DC again. I'm not flying anywhere. Um, So there's a lot of driving involved and I'm hoping this documentary project's going to go through, you know, I think it's important. And, um, You know, I haven't put out a documentary film in seven years. So it'd be great to do one.
2: Yeah, Yeah. dude. Uh, I loved your last little footage that you had on the last time you went there, like, are you guys planning? Are you meeting up with anybody there? Like, you got any big, uh, anything on the agenda?
1: So Action for Assange, Steve yeah. from Sloan Tuesday, they're all going to be there. They might be there before me. I'm not sure. I know that the Convo Couch is also going to be there. I'm going to be trying to meet up with them and at least do an interview there. Tim Poole is supposedly broadcasting somewhere during this whole thing. I've never met Tim, um, but I got an invite Monday night. I would already, I was already home. I left Sunday night and I drove right through. But I got an invite on the show on Monday night had I still been in D.C. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Radowski – who yeah. I've worked with in the past from we are change had happened to be there. So I'm, I i mean, I'm not, you know, super optimistic that I'll get on that show, but I would like to talk to Tim. I would actually like to interview Tim, not for just my show, but for this documentary project, sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously Jonesy's going to be out there. Who knows? I, you yeah. know, interacted very little with Alex Jones last time, but yeah. we, we talked really quick uh, Rob do I've been talking with back and forth. We, we intend to have a beer or two Kara uh, Castronova, She's an activist out of New York uh, City, and she lives out in Long Island. She, I met her through anti-lockdown stuff. Nice. She's an ex-Golden uh, Gloves boxing champion. She was great. She's going to be there again. And then um, this mainline—I I wouldn't call her mainline. She, you know, she's she's into the Trump. You know, she's like, yeah. she got a little too much hopium on there, but you know, it was funny cause I'm, I'm sitting there talking to her. She does an interview with me. She's got, you know, she's a cute girl. And let's be honest, I could be prettier. It's tough for me to get like subscribers. So she just started like seven months ago. She got almost 80,000 subscribers and two strikes on YouTube. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I've been on there for 13 years and no strikes and I've got <laughs> no gain or whatever, but we're talking at like, When we get just a little bit down the way, you know, I don't like to throw shade, you know, at other people, especially for their beliefs or whatnot. But one of the fucking people I cannot stand in this whole thing is David Wilcock. There's probably not a worse person out there. And she throws out David Wilcock's name. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh. Oh, he's no. the goddamn worst. I mean, he's literally the secret sources, aliens, everything. <laughs> Project Montauk boys, fucking Johnny Nonsense King. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, had a, I had a great conversation with her for like an hour that went on her Patreon that I threw up over on Rockfin. Yeah, She's going to yeah. be there. Um, And then I would assume a lot of other people, Uh, Kristen Harris, I think he's going to be there. He's the rundown live. I did. I did shows with him. I ran into Justin Wallace last time. I know Ford Fisher is going to be in the house. Uh, I'm encouraging anybody to get out there. I'll tell you what, it feels good to be there. Yeah. You know, know, Bad back, you know, I was bitching about my back probably on the Union Unwanted, all that other stuff. This forces you to walk a lot (laughs) and be out there, and it gives you the motivation. And it's not like I'm going out to a slave party where I've got to put a mask on every two seconds, (laughs) go take a piss or whatever. Everybody's cool. You know, I may not agree with them politically. But, you know, again, go watch my footage. I'm five minutes out of the hotel the first time I'm getting screamed at and being called a fascist by Antifa. Mm-hmm.
2: They don't even know who I am. That means you're in the right <laughs> place. You know you're in the right place then.
1: Yeah. It's maddening. I'm okay. like, this is ridiculous. And then I get chased off with bullhorns and off whatever. And then 10 minutes later, I'm down the street and it's a bunch of hugs and beer and yeah. people, you know, being real nice to me. No one approaching <laughs> me because I have a camera. And it's just like, which vibe do I want to be a part of? Yeah, Which people can I reach? Yeah, You know, I try to have a conversation with these other people. I said, hey, you take the mask off and have a conversation. Instead, I just get surrounded and approached and everybody wants to leave their mask on like I'm some kind of a disease. I don't know how much of a a talk we can have. If you literally think the guy in a $12 probably taiwanese made captain america marvel jacket that i was wearing is a, is the fascist you need to worry about you know it wasn't like i was larping in proud boys gear or any yeah. of that or wearing a trump thing my, bro, my my buddy and you go watch it i mean he looked like an extra from indiana jones in the 80s <laughs> so it's not like we looked like you know we were some kind of hardcore right wingers it literally doesn't take 30 seconds for me to start getting screamed at. and oh, being yeah. called yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts.
2: <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> that's nuts. Crazy. So that's in crazy. lieu of us being able, like those of us, a lot of us can't make it out, you know, for whatever reason. What can we do locally? What can we do locally? What's the what's what's the I'm what's pushing the connected?
1: great resistance still. Yeah. I, I still think that no matter what happens here. And again, that's another reason I'm going to connect with people here, because at, at some point, I think people are going to have to realize that Mike Pence ain't going to save you just like yep. Bill Barr wasn't going to yep. save you. Yep. I think they are installing this guy. I think Bi- Biden is getting in, no matter what. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: I yep. think about the election or the evidence. I don't think that those things are going to be able to turn around uh, evidentially until after they install this guy. Yeah. We live in the bizarro world, again, man. You know, like they—they they literally had that Leslie girl on, on 60 Minutes. I still cannot believe it. Sitting there going, "No to him." That there's no scandal about Hunter Biden and the laptop. Yeah. When you literally have and incest pedophilia story and a cover-up involving joe biden hunter biden and his dead son bo's daughter and that's not a thing forget about the you know the ukrainian stuff we all knew about the china stuff people want to talk about Hunter has his nine-inch dick out in front of a 14-year-old girl that happens to be Joe Biden's granddaughter and his niece. Mm -hmm. And there are text messages between them of him covering it up. That's not a scandal. I'll tell you what. I'm not into hitting women. (laughs) Right now. I don't want to endorse a backhand. (laughs) But if I was the president of the United States... And I brought up that laptop, and you went no, no, that's not re-, in my face. Now, first, I would say what I just said there, okay, <laughs> to all of you. And if I got that no again, I might have to break the pimp slap knuckles. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, not totally calling for violence, but literally, if you're telling me no. And it's on a political scandal. You already tried to impeach me for, and I had to have Alan Dershowitz as my lawyer. Okay, oh. that <laughs> cuts a little deep. You know, you don't want you don't want to buy into a lot of the China propaganda and stuff. Okay, fine. We're talking about incest, pedophilia yes, scandals. Yes, yes. And you're gonna tell me no? Whap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just it. a quick one. A fr- I'm not telling you don't have to put her down Just a quick fresh one Let yeah. her know you're there That's all That's all <laughs> That's
2: all that's, yeah, Absolutely I Love
3: Whoa. it Love it Yes oh, yeah. for sure oh, yeah. Definitely Speaking of Definitely.
2: Alan Dershowitz Did you see him on Crowdsource the truth The other day Well you know Goodman has it out for me
1: But uh, Oh really <laughs> Oh I'm a social engineer I oh. mean, I don't want to get Into the whole Theatrics of that I think he's dangerous To be honest with you mm. man He's in court with a lot of people And that's another thing That I don't get involved with Yeah Cork Uh, You know, I I don't throw, you know, a lot of behind the scenes baseball out there. Yeah. Uh, But I'll I'll be like, I'll give you an example. When Jones's wife was trying to get custody of the kids and they were in court, she tried contacting me and other people that used to work there. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't want to end up in court with anybody for anything. Yeah. That guy's in court with a lot of people. Totally. Yes, of course. I have seen the clip of Alan Dershowitz saying they have the right to plunge a needle in your arm. I would encourage people to go check out the Robert um, Kennedy debate with uh, Dershowitz totally, where it's fleshed out a whole lot more, but I mean, it's scary, man. Dershowitz is a scary character for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just across the board. All all shapes and sizes. Scary dude. Holy crap.
3: So, so the, the optimism has been toned down a little bit. So what do you think? What do you think (laughs) with this, uh, with this vaccine being rolled out? You think they're going to get 7.8 billion
1: needles in our arms? No. No there's no, chance. Hell no, there's no chance. There's no, there's no ch- chance. I don't think there's a chance they get four billion needles in yeah, people's arms. Yeah, so that'd yeah. be two billion people. I don't think that's real. Yeah. You know, um, how do I say this? Right now, with just what's out there, you can tell that all Western nations, United States, Canada, um, European nations are not having it. No matter how much they try to sell it on you, you saw what they tried to do in Denmark with the with the mass vaccines. That was the breaking point. Yep. Yep. The lockdowns, whatever that that was it. You're in the streets. They try to mandate those here, especially with people already seeing people passing out. You know, you know the word gets out about these HIV false positives, or yep. you may be yep. more susceptible to a, a immunodeficiency virus. Listen, there there's still people out there that are laughing at all of us. You know, that yep. it's just they, yep. they really think they're the smartest thing ever. Yeah. They think because they vote Democrat that they know everything and everything's going to be great. And I mean, there are those people. Yeah. Yeah. They're lost, man. Totally. They have a childlike totally. mentality. Yeah. Yes. And and it's again, it's not a liberal thing. It's that it's they're, they're lost oh, just man, along man, with the people that. that are ready to roll their sleeve up to go back to work. I was getting this, this fancy haircut yesterday. And uh, I go into this uh, shop and he's all against the lockdowns and no one's got a mask on, you know, it, it's an older gentleman. He usually does it by uh, appointment, but I'm, I'm a punk. So I just kind of come in when I want. Yeah. And so I, I sneak in between these two guys and uh, as I'm getting my hair done and the other guy comes in, he, the guy's got his mask on. He's the first guy I've seen in there Four people rolling through. He's got his mask on. I'm like, okay, he just got the vaccine. <laughs> Literally had just walked in from getting the vaccine. Oh, he's God. he he got the Moderna vaccine, oh, no, and like you know, my um my barber he's a lot even more vocal than me. Now obviously I know about these vaccines or whatever. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, well, I feel fine. And he's like, yeah. It's, he, he, my, my barber's like, tell me about it in three days. Let me know how it feels. Yeah. yeah no shit. And like, <laughs> like like he's throwing out stuff that I'm not even throwing out. And he's and then, and I'm and I'm listening to the guy, and he was just so. Damn indifferent about the whole thing. Hmm. He's like, ah, I wasn't gonna do it, but then the misses wanted to get it done, and they were suggesting it at my workplace, and they were saying we were gonna have to do it anyway to get restarted in the way we want. So I just, you know, we went down together.
4: Oh, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm listening
1: to it, and I'm just like, that is not my thought process at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right?
0: Okay. No.
1: Oh my god. And we're and watching. Is, there is no job. Um, important enough yeah. for me to take anything, any kind, whether it was COVID or anything, yep. an injection in my arm. Listen, man, you know, it's almost like this debate now, whether you're getting 600 or $2,000 for your <laughs> sleep in the United States. I got news for you. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Are, are you kidding me? Like, you know, on, on some of my good days, like a really good day. I can find a way to make two grand. Now, I'm not special. I know people make way more than that. I mean, maybe even a good week sometimes may be two grand, right? A bad week may be 600. A decent day might be 600 bucks. I'm talking about days and weeks from a guy that has a high school education and is a college dropout. And you're talking about it's gonna save your family? It's gonna save your business? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, man? Like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, when we talked about you know this great resistance, it is going to take people – have you seen this uh, gentleman talking about small businesses and restaurants and trying to rally the troops and just saying not waiting for next Christmas? Have you seen this yet, guys? Mm-hmm. I, don't I may not to play have. It, it is super important, yep. and it's going to take people like this who's saying, I'm 60 years old, and I just want to mow my lawn again. Okay, no. I just want to mow my lawn again. I want to wake up and, and be able to run my business. I want to die running my business, and that's it. He's like, I'm not looking – or anything else anything else let me see if I can but here he is right here okay oh, yeah. okay so let's uh let's let's bring this gentleman up because he absolutely murders it
4: anybody who's in the restaurant industry for just a
0: minute I'm part of that
4: industry I'm part of the restaurant industry too for any of you that are in it and I just want to say one thing that's very important everybody in here has to understand probably every other, minute guys probably everybody else with any business. We, we, we've been used to living very well, like Marie said. Very free, enjoyed our lives. Gotta stop thinking like a victim-criminal mentality. Right. As the victim, oh, I'll just do whatever the criminal tells me to do. They'll let me go when I'm done. They don't wanna let us go. They want complete freaking control of us. They don't want us going back to normality. So this is the time we gotta stand up. Every freaking business has got to stand up and put these sons of bitches down. Amen. Because if we don't, they're taking us out. That's right. I'm 60 freaking years old. I've lived all my life as an American.
2: That's right.
4: And Robbie's right. This isn't about Democrat or Republican. This is about American. That's right. And I am not ready to give my country up to these people so that they can ruin my life, everybody's life in here. We got to stop them. Yep. We got to grow this group. Like Marie said, here, state, country, Global, we got to really do this. This is, this is the time to be serious. If we're not serious now, and it ain't going to take them long, you're looking at six, eight months. This coming summer could be an absolute freaking disaster for freedom, for patriots, for this country. Right. We got to do this now. Every day has to be serious. Forget about looking forward to next Christmas mm. with your family. Next Thanksgiving with your family. It ain't gonna happen if we don't stop them now, this year. So that's it. Take this serious. Take this fucking serious. I wanna finish my life owning my business. I said to Kelly this morning, all I want is my life back. I'm not looking for fame, I'm not looking for fortune. I wanna mow my lawn on a sunny Saturday morning, again, like I used to, and not worry about who the hell's coming to try to. Bomb my house, take it from me, and ruin my life. We gotta keep together. We gotta grow. Get the word out there. I'm not giving up. So neither should anybody here. I don't think you will.
1: There it is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Love it, dude. Nice.
4: that's right what on. we're
3: doing, man. That's what we're doing here. I mean, we. Uh, I think I spoke about it on the union. You know, there's a local restaurant here. Along Came Trudys, and that's where we're having our first Freedom Cells meetup. Is is at their restaurant. And uh, here in Oregon, they're doing the uh, open up. Oregon open here. Oregon on, on January 1st. They're trying to get as many businesses to just say, fuck this, we're done. Yeah. We're all opening right on this day. And we'll see, though. You know, I mean, what I worry, though, is, you know, we are in a heavily democratic state mm-hmm. here. And it is it is very brainwashed around us. It is so it is bad. It is it's deep. It's bad. It's, and uh, I, I know, looking, talking to you, I mean, you moved out of New York. And New yeah. York's been just slaughtered. I mean, that's one of the worst places ever, and it, which is disgusting so you know can, can we move away from this thing are we going to be able to stop it i mean that's kind of the questions we're we're every week we're trying to figure out we're, we're looking at like-minded people grouping up you know freedom cells but we're also you know do we need to stay and fight do we need to move off grid you know we, we talked somebody who moved to mexico and started a permaculture uh yeah,
2: shout out to idioch yeah
3: recently and and yeah. you know that sound kind of appealing right now honestly yeah. you know how do you see this playing out how bad is it going to get
1: well, I want to say this. I think New York is doomed. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see that anybody was going to be able to fight. Yep. you know. And I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, right? Yep. So am I telling people to move? I'm telling people you're going to have to navigate this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't have a crystal ball, right? So like you look at, you know, back in March when I was talking about this, I'd say I got about 90% of it right. You know, the military lockdowns didn't come in the style. I I said, I I didn't expect liquor stores to be open. Uh, I didn't think, I thought it was going to be more of a national thing. But as far as gutting the middle class, billionaires making more money, medical martial law, demonizing cash, the push for a vaccine, all these things are real. (laughs) You know, Um, I I think tomorrow I may do a show on like everything I know that I got wrong last year because I'm a human being. I get things wrong. I didn't think Harvey Weinstein was going to jail. Glad I got that one wrong. No. I didn't think that Joe Biden would even be the nominee, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let alone the president of the United States. Yeah. Oh, and here we, here we come. You know what I mean? So I would say this, when you talk about New York, man, you look at these numbers, you literally got the chief, the police commissioner saying, I can't imagine a darker period as killings, killings in New York City, murders, went up 41%. Wow. 41% the nation in my country. This is the most violent year in decades in my country. While they sit there and they tell the poor they're going to come test them door-to-door in Santa Clara County for COVID, targeting the poor for these race-based vaccines, right? You got overdose deaths in San Francisco up 30-plus percent, 30-plus percent, all right? Again, uh, the headline says it all, far outpacing COVID deaths, all right? So there is no way, and I want to let people understand and know this, that it is going to be rainbows and sunshine across the country, okay? there's going to be some places where it's real, real dark. And unfortunately the rainbows and sunshine may be just the pockets of resistance that kind of look like nightmares from afar right now, because we can't imagine how bad it gets. Yeah. You know, I had a a local business owner, this guy is naval intelligence uh, for years, a linguist on my program earlier this week, quite frankly, I hope he's wrong, but he says, you know, I believe that January 21st, no matter what happens, uh, the country is going to look very, very different. Mm-hmm. And the world's going to start to look very, very different. So I would say that people, right now is the time to have an exit plan, to have a movement plan, to, to yep. figure out, wow, if this does go south quick, do I have somewhere where there's a contingency? Yep. You know, yep. do I know like-minded people? Do I know gentlemen like that and other business owners that are going to fight back? You know, again, we started this out with what? A local mayor. Yep. saying we're going to implement these type of help. That's a, that's a positive thing. you got to go for your local mayors, your city councilmen, your sheriffs in particular, yeah. you know, yep. law enforcement and, and get them on board and say the same thing that guy did. Cause it's a hundred percent correct. Yep. And most yep. of your sheriffs know it's a hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I don't have a crystal ball, yep. but I, I, I can look back on what has happened and I can listen to the people that have made that happen and see what their plans are for the rest of us. And they ain't great. No, no, no. <laughs> they ain't great. So, you, you know, I, I'm going to say this. Yeah. We need to fight everywhere we possibly can, but you need to do what's best for you and your family ultimately. And there is going to be, you know, I would, ex- I would expect the unexpected and get ready to pivot and turn. I only came, you know, I came out here to Iowa. Don't get me wrong. You know, there was that short lockdown where I was pissed, where I thought I was going to lose my MMA gig. It ended up happening. They still locked down bars and restaurants till 10. That's over. And, you know, for anybody that's like totally scared or thinks that, you know, we're ruining the country by unlocking, uh, you know, one of the highlights of this last month for me is this weekend, you know, this is one of three bars I was in. (laughs) Okay. No plexiglass. People smiling, no mess. Hey, wait, what's this? Live oh, music?
3: Oh,
1: man. Wow. Now, this wasn't easy to find. I'll be quite honest. Had I, you know, listened to the news and I'd watched the television, I certainly wouldn't have found Iowa. <laughs> you know, the yeah. only one that they were demonizing enough for me to know about was South Dakota which was where my trip was ending because yeah. I knew that at least if I traveled the rest of the country and didn't find anything, hopefully I would find what I was looking for there. And yeah, South Dakota did have a lot more freedom. Missouri had a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, people are telling me they're very open in Florida, but you're not seeing that on the news. No, That's not. just a regular Saturday night. That's not a new normal. That was normal. Yeah. You know, how awesome. it was like to say, Hey, I'll take uh, three pints of blue moon, no orange. Thanks. And not have to do it through, uh, you know, plexiglass, not have the girl ask me what I wanted because I had a muzzle on or she couldn't hear me or she's wearing a muzzle. And she's, you know, none of it, nothing. It wasn't even near me. It was awesome. It it felt, and that shouldn't feel amazing. That's really the ironic thing about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like that guy said, I just want to wake up. I don't want your fucking checks. I don't want your UBI. I, I, you know, I don't want your vaccine. I don't want any of that. I just want to be able to work and figure it out. And like I said, I came here to Iowa. We'll see what happens. I have a year long rental. You know, the guy wanted two years out of me. Yeah. He wanted a two year lease. And I said, look, man, I got no idea how this is navigating. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I go, yeah, I don't know how it's going to go here. I'll sign 12 months, but I don't know that I'm going to be here. again. Had you told me the same thing, you know, before new year's Eve that we'd be here, that'd be living in Iowa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. just that fact alone. I would have been like, all right. Yeah. I was not on the list. I'm yeah. not moving to Iowa, but here we are.
2: That's hilarious, man. Yeah. Yeah. In that's terms great. of like strategic relocation, like it's you know, it comes down to like, is it going to be a society anymore? Are we going to have to literally look for the most uninhabitable and undesirable place to where people aren't going to want to come find us and like serious bug out yeah. strategies. Yeah. I don't know, man, who knows? It's insane.
0: That's kind of what I think. That's, that's where my gut feeling keeps going and that's not something that's necessarily like right before. us, So I toy with that like, well, yeah, do we stay and fight? Um, I, I The thing that I'm worried, I have, you know, minor children, and I'm worried about what's going to happen when and if they get hurt. Mm. Um, my 18-year-old fell skiing a few weeks ago and broke his nose. And uh, against my consent, of course, he still lives at home, but um, he went into uh, the... Your nose and throat, and in order for them to set his nose, he had to be COVID tested. So this was a huge family war. <laughs> later, when I found out, um, and he's also, you know, leading into the whole COVID pandemic, and and still now, he's been in school for EMT training. So he already had it in his mind that he was going to have to receive all of these vaccines. So, you know. Kind of like uh, he and his father kind of like accepting of this and then COVID's happening. And now we didn't uh, immunize our kids at all. I mean, I have my older kids. My oldest daughter's 19, but she was vaccine injured when she was tiny. So we never did it again. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he comes home and he's got this Band-Aid on his arm. So they gave him a tetanus shot for a break in his nose, rescheduled him to take a COVID test. (laughs) But I wasn't allowed to drive him because they asked him how he'd be arriving. And he said, well, I guess I'll take my bike because I'm not in the office with him. So now he's not allowed to have anyone drive him because he has to show up on his bike so they can identify him. So it's this huge, huge, big deal. They set his nose. A week and a half later, we go back as a family to go skiing on Christmas. And we're pretty sure he broke his wrist. Oh, God. So now he's an 18 year old boy. He's a big strapping, you know, football quarterback. He's a wildland firefighter. Okay. So I've done what I can and everyone has to make the decision. He lives in the house with me. So rest assured, he's definitely heard (laughs) me talk on these matters pretty extensively. Um, and it seems like, like every two weeks we're watching pandemic indoctrination. I have new people like, come over, come over. I'll make popcorn. We have to watch this together. Let me, let's plant seeds. Um, But I have, you know, minor children. And so my concern is what happens when and if, like, we were going to maybe, I was going to maybe take them up and go skiing tomorrow. And now as a parent, I'm just like, well, do we just don't do that anymore? Because if they get hurt, I'm going to say we're not, we're not testing my minor children for COVID. And I'm not going to consent for them to have medical treatment that they're going to have to be, you know, vaccinated against this, that, or the other. And I feel that it's coming to that. And so my I guess gut fear is what's going to happen in the next six months to four years to 10 years being the, the outline, you know, goal in, you know, in my mind for what they're hoping to implement throughout humanity. Right. But really, like in the next six months to two years, like, are we even safe to be, you know, we're somewhat remote because we're kind of like in the Pacific Northwest and there's mountains everywhere. But we're also still in the middle of a town. We're also in the middle of like, you know, cities all, you know, accumulated together. So what happens when one of them gets hurt? What happens when we need care? And so in my Mm -hmm. mind, I'm thinking, well, the best thing to do. For uh, for medical freedom is to find like especially these doctors they're pulling their licenses holistic healers you know people who are you know Never vitamins working. minerals you know uh, true healers and get people collected in sort of a breakaway community that we can be outside of yeah. cities where we're that's not being it. surveilled at every yeah. corner yeah. through every, you know, what's it going to be to get groceries in three years? Yeah. Are you going to have to show your COVID pass to Amazon be able to buy Dron-
2: Amazon drones are going to drive it all out. Yeah.
0: So, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't want that for them and I get so angry because I think, you know, in my mind I'm like, well, it's going to be so great. You know, we're going to build our own society and our own future. We're going to plant things in the ground and it's going to be hard work, but we're as a family, we're going to get through. But then I, I kind of think, well, it still is enslavement because it's like the option that's left. Yeah. You know, it's not. That it's not like oh, that was what I was hoping for. Like, I actually have my brother and his wife and their children. They live off grid in Missouri and have for the last almost seven years. So they started off in a tiny little trailer and now they've grown a fully functioning farm, completely self reliant. They don't. They have a well, but they have no electricity to the land, anything else. But they have beehives and animals, and you know they thrive and all their kids help work the land and it's great. That's the life they chose, but that's not the life I would be choosing. If there were other options on the table, and yeah. my, yeah. you know, that ambivalence is well, I don't, I don't believe that option is ever gonna be on the table again. That we're gonna have, I mean, literally, unless we have simultaneous global revolt and we're overturning and removing these corrupt officials I'm from, there, you know. Dude. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, yeah, we're. <laughs> I would love to see that happen, They'll just sprout up again. Yeah. But, but how long do we wait to see if that's going to happen? Because I can't just go to the street by myself, I can't just yeah. go marching up to the governor's, you know, mansion by myself. And, it's, and it can't be 20 of us or even a thousand of us, it has to be tens of thousands of us doing it simultaneously. And so, what is the other option? So, that's kind January of been 6th. my big push is like looking at land outside of Oregon, you know, like Iowa. Yeah. I think we looked at um,
2: Idaho was Idaho Idaho. a yep. big
0: one. I know we talked about Mexico a lot, but. It, I'm like, does it really matter if we stay in our country with everything going down? But also, I'm not sure if I'm ready to take minor kid's into another country and like what if we can't get back I have grown children here you yeah, know it's there's it's so great. many things to balance <laughs> it's like
3: but, you said like everything that's like but, all the fears right there <laughs>
0: not to be not to be dark but it's all but,
3: real it's all real it's I, all exactly the things I think we're all thinking of really right I mean
0: but there's hope in that I think in that community and the idea of a breakaway community because in my mind it's a it's a scary it's a small thing it's it's a hard to reach thing but but really what if there's more I mean do, do I really want to go back to the way it was before I mean yeah to a degree but I'm now aware of how enslaved we really have been and this slow genocide they've been rolling out against us through all the different means for all of the decades it's so clear to me now I'm like I I don't know if I can encourage my kids (laughs) to stay in college and work for the next 10 years to be a slave to the government so they can pay their taxes like maybe working the land and like having animals and having community with other you know people of like minds or, or just those of us that that welcome and embrace humanity within one another to have that kind of existence is starting to sound pretty beautiful.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ready. <laughs> I think again, anything is gonna be tough work. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, jumping the country is going to be the right idea because obviously this is a global phenomenon that we're right. dealing with um right now. Um uh, you know, as far as, man, when you talk about a time frame, what's going to look like in six months, again, that's a great question or a year or two years. Right. Are we going to need a Kobe pass, et cetera? I'd say this, just like it's not encouraging to you, that your son is ready to do this you know career thing and just roll up his sleeve for whatever they take and believe me i was 18 once too I, I remember the i the last time i took a shot was right before i went to college and i took that tetanus shot and i no fear just poopadoo, doo you know i'm a healthy young man go nuts whatever you know i i you know this is all pre-9-11 so i'm not looking into anything more than maybe jfk some ufo stuff and mm-hmm. some mk ultra You know, so maybe my my idea of, you know, marginally evil, not totally crazy. (laughs) But now we're there. And, you know, for you, it's your son doing this stuff. For me, it's my buddy at home who didn't have a job and decided to go start working at the local hospital as a slave wrangler. He's the guy at the door with the, with the little, he, you know, the, oh. the gun He has no medical training whatsoever. He sits there at four to six hour shifts and he's the boop guy. He's the hero <laughs> from Amazon commercials. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, like he told me he had that job and I'm like, you disgust me. Yeah. He's like, yeah. but Burmis, I need to work and I need to pay my rent. And I go, I know you do you make me sick (laughs) i'm like you know i love you to death but there's just no way that i could justify this or encourage this or even if you have to pay your bills think that this is okay you can find another job this is literally one of the most terrible things that you could possibly be doing please stop doing it yes and just like yeah i mean and, and the skill level on that zero again that's a training job You know, that's a that's a training you to be a slave and then other people to acquiesce to the slave wranglers. That's the training for the contact tracing that we were talking about before. That is totally insufficient. Again, 13.5 percent. It's totally arbitrary to any kind of thing that would be an epidemic or a pandemic. The only time contact tracing would be used, number one, you wouldn't need a force, would be in something where you did have something very, very deadly, that was not highly communicable like Ebola, or maybe a, a sexually transmitted disease is a good way to, you know, if you wanted to give that information and then talk about past partners, that's how, cause you're not fucking the world. Yeah. Hopefully, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yep. that's yep. something that you could scientifically say, okay, you know, there's like five people I've been with in the last six months. Maybe we should check that out since I've turned positive since then. And then you contact them on your own. This idea of contact tracing is to create an authority outside of law that they can then deputize. Mm -hmm. And for instance, hey, man, you know, we were talking about it today um, with those detention centers and COVID and communicable diseases. Again, that's a a carte blanche of any communicable disease they want. My buddy from high school, Sunday, he's living in New York State. Now, normally he's on the road and he's in uh, the touring and entertainment industry for festivals and the music industry and such like that. Now, he's a trained carpenter as well. He does stages and all this other stuff. Since this, he's been home and trying to make a living through the carpentry. Well, someone tested positive, so then his wife had to take a test, and he had to take a test, and they both tested positive, and he had the sheriff's department show up to his house yesterday what? and tell that him that he was going to be staying in his house for the next two weeks <gasps> and that they were going to be showing up unexpectedly and that he could do up to a year in jail time, jail time, physical jail time. Um, And this is in New York state already before anything you just saw passed. They they threatened him with up to a year jail time. If he leaves his home in the next two weeks and said, they would be checking up to to, on him. I'm trying to get him on the show. Yeah. That's That's somebody I've known since I was 12 years old, you know, and this is not a political guy ever. I'm not, in fact, Before any of this happened, I I couldn't tell you if the guy's a Republican, a Democrat, what he believes at all. You know, this was the jokey Chris Farley type kid who was doing somersaults and a little overweight and making people laugh, you know, and ended up, you know, having, you know, a wife and cats and a family and just doing his thing and never being involved in this stuff. And he can't believe the amount of, he says, it's scary.
3: He's scared. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be clear. Like I did this, Did he have any symptoms of being sick?
1: So let you know what, Uh, let's do it live. Let me read you exactly what he told me. Sure. All right. I won't, I won't bring it up on the air, but because, because he talks about uh, the false positivity rate. Um, Just give me one second here and uh, we'll read his message. Cause when he told me this, it was because, oh no. Did I, did I drop you guys? No, no, no we're, we're, here. we're
4: here. Yeah, we're here. Oh, okay, okay. We were Sorry, all wrapped uh, they told
1: just me yeah. it there. <laughs> uh, no, I put something in front of it. Uh it was because he told me about um he saw my post about the detention centers. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't believe it. But he's like, I mean, I literally I've never uh I've never talked to him on Facebook ever. Yeah. Okay. Other than like comments. So he messaged me. I tested positive Sunday. Uh that that night, the Department of Health called me. They demanded to know contact information for everyone, including my in-laws. Tuesday, a sheriff pulled up to my house, demanded to see my wife and I, included in our quarantine orders um, was the directive to quarantine or face a year in jail, daily fines. He goes, our country is nuts. Sheriff said, expect a visit every day. He goes, I feel like a criminal. My wife doesn't even hold a positive test and they are forcing her house arrest. So his wife didn't test positive. He's not sick. Okay. And she's under house arrest too. I said, dude, that's fucking crazy. If you want to come on the show and talk about it, let me know. He goes, I will consider it. Might see how far they go. We'll let you know. It's wow. kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cuz what's going to happen when one of us tells them to fuck off? Yep. That's what I want to well, know. I'm telling them to fuck off. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And and here it is. He goes, "It's all based on a rapid test that has a 60% false positive rate. Upon the positive test, they said they throw out the PCR." <laughs> My workplace of uh uh of 30 plus years was issued orders even though I work uh Autonomously in in a wood shop with three other people. Wow. Um, so I guess there's 30, it wasn't 30 years, there's 30 people there. So he works with three other people. He goes, You can hear the ch- uh, tone change in the health workers when they realize whatever they need to do for you is CV related. It's like there's money in their ears.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Wow. So, I mean, you know, again, this is somebody that never gets involved in these things. I mean, how many things were disturbing about the like what right. I just read
2: oh, to you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's and, just so scary.
3: And and I think there's this kind of disconnect that I think most people have that you know with this asymptomatic spread that they've they've concocted. You know that that people that aren't sick are spreading this thing around, right? So that so that I mean they they've never had this before. Like this is a brand new thing that you know everybody can, anyone can be a danger to you, you know, and now they have the vaccine and, and the vaccine, they haven't proved that it stops the spread, you know? So, so is, so you're going to have the vaccine. And it's not going to stop masked. the spread. You're gonna mm-hmm. still have to be masked. You're going to still have to be distance. You're going to still be quarantined. And we have the Limit case capacity. now of the, the person that's tested positive after that, which means they're going to enforce the second shot, which they've already talked about, you know, and they're going to make it the yearly because it, it's it's already mutated. Yep. You know, we've already have the new mutation. So, so it's
2: right. It's like uh, it's going right according to the script. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, exactly. Exactly what we were seeing, man. Exactly. I have this hypothesis that, uh, like, um, I've been doing a lot of looking into uh, Dr. Gregory Stanton with Genocide Watch, and he has the uh, 10 stages of genocide, right? And if you look at all these, like, his folks like, Rwanda, Nazis, like, it follows this very specific pattern. Classification, symbolization, discrimination, dehumanization, organization, polarization, preparation, persecution and then the extermination and if you look at where we're at like with the camps with the just complete polarization of the society like the contact tracing like the dehumanization portion like we are just numbers now we're not we're not even human beings right you know we're uh, there's just so many and then the id cards he said that was an yeah, instrumental piece yeah. is is putting like your ethnicity on, on an id card is a huge sign of 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 you know of genocidal activity coming up and it's just like if you look at this 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 continuum of the ten stages of genocide, we're literally at like between seven and eight right now, like right now. And and I don't know if that's the end result, but it's really ominous. It's really terrifying.
3: Yeah, you just made me think with the cards, though, I'm seeing all these all the people I know that are in the medical industry right now. They're all posting their, their they're getting their COVID shots and they're showing their their little card that says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny to me because I'm like. Do do these, all these people just have this great idea that they would post this on social media or is this top down? Like, come on, does does anyone put these things together? Of course it's top down, right? Like you're not.
1: Well, they talk about how they need uh, people who um, certain people look up to do that in social media campaigns. They talk about how they need influencers to do the same thing. And, you know, it's so funny that they utilize digital technology to do that to make you feel like you're part of the crowd and it's a very human thing and these other humans are doing it. And you talked about to the dehumanization. Mm-hmm. while well, at the same time, dehumanizing all of us mm-hmm. by making us wear masks, yep, yep. not see our facial expressions, treat each other like viruses. So we talked about polarization. Yep. But I don't know if you guys um, saw the viral video yesterday of the DARPA robots dancing oh God. to... Yeah, 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 to now that I can dance. And so at the very same time right now that you're dehumanizing the entire population of the world as much as you possibly can through not only psychological warfare, right, but literally physical warfare, this physical warfare of dehumanization, you are humanizing The robots, they plan to replace you in this UBI automation nation. So now this isn't a a representation anymore of the Boston Dynamics, DARPA, MIT robot of going through a course and jumping. No, it's a Borderlands commercial. I don't know if you guys will ever play Borderlands, but like at the end of the second, it's a big robot dance party. And now you've got them dancing to a very popular human song. And now you're associating your good time of dancing with robots that are dancing. And then comes the dog, you know, the one that looks like a little raptor bot and now it's the pet, you know, and then they got the big old robot coming and now they're all dancing together and they're more human than you, right? They're grooving to a bee. and, And this is the preparation that you're gonna work alongside these things, that they're gonna be the new normal. And you're going to actually, you know, want to do this. (laughs) You're going to want your own enslavement. You're going to want the robots to get better. You're going to want Westworld. Well, you're going to get it. And I I don't know if you guys have watched Westworld, but I think it's one of the most poignant series of our time because it's showing you technology that's largely available. You know, we're just not up to the point of human replication that we know of right unless you wanted to get to clone technology and nanobots and even them talking about nanobot chimeras that they're programming that are living frog cells xenobots anybody can look that stuff up but when you look at everything else outside of the park once you get outside of the park in that third season what do you got you got a whole track trace database surveillance society Mm -hmm. you got it running on artificial intelligence. You got everybody with a magic box and a social credit score right there. You got people working alongside those DARPA-esque robots in their daily lives. You have artificial intelligence personas contacting and interacting you through your devices. I mean, I go on and on and on, but just about everything that's uh, predicted in the two books behind me from uh, The New Digital Age, which I have a hard copy of here, and COVID-19, The Great Reset, and this fourth industrial revolution is really laid on the line in that third season. I I think the first two seasons are incredibly important, but the third season, especially when you get that peak outside of the park and how society is actually running, and it's in Singapore, okay? okay? Okay. And let, let me just say this, in Singapore, COVID-1984 can't go six feet, but it can go three. Mm, But in mm -hmm. Singapore, they have that lovely dancing DARPA robot dog in the parks telling people to distance a meter. So in a place where they've already acquiesced and acclimated a population to have robot dogs on the street, it's not six feet, it's three. Mm. Why is that? Because they're getting you more accustomed and you're, you're accepting more. Why is China open? Oh, we just put in some more cameras, exterminated some more dissidents, rolled it all out, right? And made the state a little more authoritarian. No no vaccine necessary over there for 1.2 billion people. Got people even more accustomed to the fact that we're going to take the Uyghur Muslims and put them into the factories when, when you don't want to work there. You mean? I mean, they just went full board. And then that's the craziest part of this is, you know, I'm not, you know, one of those guys that thinks this China-U.S. thing is real. People at the top are controlling both. China's a beta test. But as Americans, if we can't see that they obviously had it worse than us, had worse restrictions, had things being sprayed, had people being ripped out of cars, right? All these things were very – if you were looking, you could find them. And they didn't need a vaccine. And they're three to four times the size of our population, but we do. What the fuck is going on? How does that make sense? You know, It's just gone there like that alone should turn people's heads. And it's like, well, what are you buying into? What narrative are you buying into now that because they were so damn authoritarian and they just gave nobody due process and they put in more surveillance and they sprayed them with chemicals on the streets that they don't need the chemical injection. Is that the world you wanna live in next lockdown? Uh, Cause you're just gonna get the chemical injection on top of it. Yep. Like yep. that's a promise. Yeah. So again, very bizarre times, exciting times, I guess.
2: Uh, (laughs) But
1: times to navigate and navigate, you know, maybe day to day in a lot of places. Listen, you got to have a plan out there. Totally. But again, a lot of us had that 5, 10, 20 year plan. I'm (laughs) going to work, I'm going to retire. Yeah. yeah, When I'm going to go on that vacation after the kids are out of the house, all that stuff. That shit is out the window, yeah, man. It's totally, totally. out the yeah. window. God. Yeah. Okay, Jason,
3: I want to, just because we have you, I want to ask your opinion on one, one more thing. Uh, what about our little uh, Christmas bomb on Tennessee in Tennessee? All
1: right. So I haven't done any videos on that, okay, at all, because I'm waiting. Yeah. Um. I, I think that, number one, there's not as much footage as we should be able to yeah, see uh, pre and post. I, I've seen all the conspiracy theories out there from whether or not, Um, the servers were supposed to be there from the election, AT&T. I've seen that one. I haven't seen any real corroboration. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I've seen the do weapon or the missile. Um, that's really tough for me because that's not really infrared. That's just somebody taking video. And, and clearly there does seem to be some kind of a smoke event. It's hard to tell whether it's coming from the sky or it's coming up. It could, it could easily be the ignition of whatever does explode there and there. So, you know, not buying into that, not throwing anything away. Um, the guy kind of being this, you know, stereotypical conspiracy theorist <laughs> lone nut that we've seen in so many of these incidents, uh, you know, doesn't give me, a, you know, a huge uh, amount of <laughs> confidence <laughs> that the narrative that we're learning is going to be the true one. Yeah. I'll say this, you know, if in fact there is any validity to the ATT and the servers. There was actually two other incidents um, within the same week that nobody really reported on that may also be involved. So there was an office uh, building uh, in Baltimore that had a really weird explosion that people were working on. Anybody can just type in Baltimore office explosion. Mm. And it wasn't um, a gas explosion. And they were doing some stuff and they haven't really said what it was about. Now, I'm just saying Baltimore, close to DC. I don't know what was in the building. I'm not trying to tie things together that aren't there, but sometimes I get good tips from this person and they sent that to me. A Rochester printing press burned to the ground (laughs) Uh, about three, four days ago also. And that printing press, I have, um, I'm I'm about 90% sure. I've Got it multiply uh, confirmed. I got to get some hard evidence on it. But that is where they printed the ballots for New York. Oh, wow. Okay. So that place did burn to the ground. All right. Now, you know, anybody can look those up. I I, I was thinking about doing a video on all three. Maybe I'm going to make it an ask me anything. But I'm certainly going to leave it as open-ended as I did right there. Because I don't, you know, I don't have those crazy David Wilcock inside sources that are telling me about new weapons and yeah. explosions. I'm just going on, you know, what's publicly available, what people are sending me. I'm not a coincidence theorist. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think when you do see mm-hmm. these kind of things, you do kind of have to report on them. But again, report on them with a grain of salt. Yep. The, the, the thing about all three is... We don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. We don't know what happened. Like the the, the fire in Rochester, we don't know. The explosion, we don't know. There's a lot of questions going on about how all this happened in Tennessee. And, you know, no matter what happened there, it does look like they wanted the least amount of human life taken at that immediate moment possible. You don't give a warning like that. (laughs) You don't do it on Christmas Day early in the morning when the streets are surely going to be the most empty they could possibly be unless there was like some kind of like a four foot hailstorm right sure, so sure. you know definitely something i'm looking at uh definitely something that rubs me the wrong way but again in this in this age of hyper conspiracy yeah, where people yeah. just can't wait to get information out and say it's the luminity or you know it's a q drop or whatever <laughs> i don't like to jump the gun yeah but then I don't like to not report on stories that are real and maybe aren't being talked about and in relation to it.
2: Absolutely, yeah, man. Thank no, you. Yeah. All right, Jason. Dude, awesome, yeah, man. I got I one more it. question. One more question. All right. Final, final cut of Loose Change. Are you taking the clip with Joe Biden out or what? <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> No, you know, Biden
1: is not in any of the Loose Change films. He's only in Fabled
2: Enemies. Oh, really? So, I, said, I was watching to do a refresher. I think you had a clip in there in Final Cut, dude.
1: Now in uh, final cut in okay. final cut, there is no Joe okay, Biden. No, no, that's fine. I mean, okay. you know, I just watched, um, stabbing by Dylan Avery. Yeah. Yeah, that's that yeah. uh, that's out there now. Oh, he just it is. Okay. Good. She dropped yeah. that on uh, iTunes. You watch it for $4.99 on Amazon. It's about 45 minutes long. Okay. It's excellent. He did a great job with it. Bang up job. Um, I'm going to have him on the show. Actually, nice. he's going to be the Rockin' live exclusive. I know you guys are over on Rockfin now, Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's going to be, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Today's yes. Wednesday? Last day. Last so day Thursday, yep. That's going to be the exclusive for tomorrow. We're going to be talking about that. Joe Biden, uh, you know, again, all these all these right-wingers, all these phony conservatives that want to go after old sleepy Joe or zombie Joe or when he was Joey B, those clips of him talking about 9-11 yeah. and the Pakistani role in 9-11, all that stuff, they're old. They don't want to touch him all right and i'll say this omar saeed sheikh the man that facilitated the hundred thousand dollar wire from the head of the pakistani isi to Mm muhammadatta he had been exonerated by saudi arabia for the daniel pearl murder earlier this year and just this week pakistan also exonerated him and he was released Mm. this is a man that had involvements in 9-11 this is a man that had involvements in the beheading of Daniel Pearl, who was looking into the financial ties of 9-11. This is how these things work. He is an obvious US intelligence asset. And that nobody's touched that with Biden, and no one touched it before the election, should let everybody out there know. You know, from Hunter Biden's laptop to, you know, this election to you know the term fake news, none of it's new. It's all been managed for well over a decade, many decades, in fact and uh you know that's why i keep doing what i'm doing because yeah. again we started this show talking about pedophile rings of oh, elite yeah. <laughs> that have been around <laughs> since the 70s and 80s and we're just shining the light on those things in 2020 and people aren't doing time and, and again in a lot of ways and i hate to admit this we are now deserving what we get mm-hmm. for allowing the war on terror to take yeah, place absolutely. for not exposing 9-11 yeah. for not going after Diebold and um Uh, digital voting when we had a chance in the early 2000s for just turning a blind eye to allow CIA operatives and other intelligence officers and the IMF go into third world countries and second world countries and rig their elections with that same software. It's all coming home to roost now. So either we stand up and we fight back and we say, look, as an entity, as a government, we have been wrong. And there needs to be a purge, and people need to be criminally prosecuted. But this is not what the people are. This is not what the people want. And we need to rein in a real constitutional republic. And, uh, again, I I don't have the answer to that one, but I know that it all begins with a great resistance locally. You know, just to harken back what you said, if you don't have 1,000, 10,000 people in the street, you can still work. 500 people at everybody's local congress or local senate. 100 of those people streaming to their own platforms grandma streaming uncle joe and 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 making it about that and making it about the new civil rights movement and making them use force against us when we refuse to use force against them i think the way that we
2: take it back
1: and and again we need guys like uh that that business owner that says
2: this is it this is the time serious time to get serious right on jason well where can we find you man
1: Ooh, you can find me at Jason Burmis on Twitter, youtube.com slash info warrior or over on rockfin rockfin.com slash Jason Remember all the documentary films are free in my playlist section. That's loose change, final cut, fabled enemies, both on nine 11, but I encourage people to please, please, please check out invisible empire, a new world order to find over a decade old. And so many of those things we talked about, about globalization coming to fruition. Now shade the motion picture, Bill Gates gets a 20 minute hotspot in that film as well. I didn't jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. You know, I was talking about Gates a decade plus ago. You want to learn about geoengineering. You want to learn about bioengineering and the groups that are, are pushing this in a eugenics based future. Shade is the uh, video for you guys. Oh
2: yeah, man. Thank you so much. We'll do. Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah. What an honor, man. What an honor. Yeah, for sure, it's man. so awesome, dude.
1: Listen, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys every uh, couple of weeks on oh, the yeah. union of the unwanted. I missed, uh, this last week, but I'm sure I'll be back in two weeks and I'm sure to see you there. You guys keep it up. And uh, I really hope you uh, continue to grow, especially on Rockfin, yeah, a platform yeah. again, yep. where they allow free speech. They use technology against that double-edged sword. It can either enslave us yes. or it can empower us. Yep. Yeah. And Rockfin is that, pow- uh, that platform that's allowing me to do this, allowing me to make a, a living and ultimately empowering my voice. So uh, awesome. I wanna say a shout out to those guys and thank them. Shout out to Rockfin, yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, no, Jason. Thanks, right Jason. on, man. Thank, thank you, Jason. You.
0: Jason. Have a good night. All right, night later there. on. Have Peace. a good night. Thank you. Be well.
3: Yeah. Dude, he is so on oh,
0: point. Wow. Oh my God.
2: Whoa, that was intense. That was intense. He
0: pointed out so many things that I need to now look into. I know I, know, I know. Like I'm it, gonna yeah. have to go back on slow mo and like well, right. he's, I he's wish got I got had some my years tablet. on, on yeah, yeah. me yeah. Yeah. of
3: looking into this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him uh Inter- some credit due where uh, man,
2: that was wow. intense. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you guys like so like we we're saying, you know, come find us on Rockfin, you know, we're up on Rockfin, we're gonna be doing some fun stuff on there, you know, check us out. Like so basically it's $9.99 a month and then you get all the other stuff too. You get all these other people content creators, dude. It's badass. We'll always be free. Everywhere we can, yep.
3: but we're gonna try this thing too, yep. and it's a place where we can be completely censorship free as yep. well. That's so. that's it, that's so, it, that's um, it.
2: So expect some uh censorship uh some stuff that would be censored elsewhere, maybe hopefully in the future. That's yeah, that's the goal. For sure. Right, right, right. All right and uh, Megan what do you got there? That's a nice shirt. What do you got there?
0: I yes, I it is a nice shirt. It's a, a, a lovely gift from Ed. Oh Christmas. okay, okay. Merry, <laughs> Christmas. Merry Christmas. What does
2: it say? Enunciate, it says, enunciate, the,
0: enunciate the, truth. the truth. Where'd you get there? Where can you get those? Uh Truzilla.org forward slash shirts.
2: Oh, you show them the back. The back's pretty cool too. Like, <laughs> yeah, can you get the back? Yeah, look at that. Big old True logo. Look at that. Woo! Hopefully I got yeah. the frame there, but anyway, yeah. And
3: yeah, I'm trying. I'm wearing my uh, my ripple effect oh, shirt. Really. So Yay, I
2: got, Ricky. I, got, a, I, got a, uh, I got my Alex Jones shout shirt. On. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: Megan got me. It's so yeah. awesome yeah. for her birthday. Yes. So Woo! All right, guys. Heck wow, yeah. Wow,
0: everybody. Well, that was Jason Burmis. What an yes. incredible interview. Please wow. check into these matters for yourself. Yeah, Thank you so much for your support, for your time, for sitting in with us. I am Megan sitting here with my friends Scott and Ed, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Good night.
4: Pew pew.